Welcome to today's podcast by Preacher, as he provides sound teaching on the pure and undiluted truth of God's Word, with life application that inspires you to live a holy life pleasing to God. We pray that these teachings will inspire you to live out your faith daily with confidence, be assured of your salvation in Christ, and God's unconditional love for you. Our scripture reading this morning is taken from the book of 2 Peter, the first chapter, and beginning with the third verse. This wise disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ has these words of instruction for us today. His divine power has given us everything we need to live a godly life through our knowledge of the one who calls us to share his own glory and goodness. In this way, he has given us precious and very great promises in order that by receiving what he has promised, you may escape from the destructive passions that exist in the world and come to share the divine nature. For this very reason, do your best to add goodness to your faith, and to your goodness add knowledge, and to your knowledge add self-control. To your self-control add endurance. To your endurance add godliness. To your godliness add brotherly love. And to your brotherly love, add love. These are the qualities you need, and if you have them in abundance, they will make you active and effective in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is so short-sighted that he cannot see and has forgotten that his past sins have been washed away. So then, my brothers, striving harder to make God's call and his choice of you a permanent experience, For if you do so, you will never fall away. In this way, you will be given the full right to enter the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, help us to understand something of how practical a way this is for us to live today. A new year with promise. Well, this is a time if we're going to make any New Year's resolutions for us to be thinking about them and to be making them. And I guess the one that is in really bad shape is worse than the person who makes resolutions that doesn't try to keep them is a person that doesn't make any resolutions at all because he views then the future without any real meaning to be in it. But to make our resolutions to hope for health and peace and prosperity and all the other things that we hope and wish for, it's nothing wrong with that at all. In fact, this is a thing that we should do if we expect this new year to be to us what it ought to be. This is a thing that we should do. And we should view it as something that is fantastic and that in a way is really wonderful and a duplication of that which took place with God's people in years gone by. The words come to me that when Joshua was ready to enter into the promised land and when he made it across into the promised land, you remember one thing God told him to do, as he had told Moses to do many, many years before. He told Joshua, this great general, great leader of God's people, he told Joshua, take off your shoes, you stand on holy ground. If I had something that I could share with you this morning uh, that would be very meaningful and I hope that I do have and I hope that it is, it would be the message then 
that comes again to us from God, as it came to Moses and it came to Joshua and it comes to us today, as we stand at this point in time to think in terms of take off your shoes, you stand on holy ground. This is so. Because as we think about this new year and all of its possibilities, as we stand at the close of this year when it's fading away and the expectations of another year, I think if the new year had a voice and uh, would speak to us, what would it say? What type of an attitude would it want us to bring uh, to it? You know, we get our expectations of the new year. Well, let's think in terms, well, what does the new year expect uh, from me and from you if we're going to have these desires and wishes of our heart and our soul fulfilled? I am quite sure that she has the possibility of fulfilling every one of them, but it's going to take more than just time for it to come about and to take place. Now, there's a response on our part that not only is expected, but dear friends, unless I miss my guess, and if I understand what the scripture is saying, it demands of us to bring an attitude toward it that can be uh, meaningful. And one of the things that I'd put at the very top of my list that is expected of us by the new year and should be on our part as we think about the new year is to face it with a great deal of courage, with a great deal of expectation, to expect something of it. It might be good if we viewed the New Year's as Moses viewed the promised land. And we see it as a land of opportunity and a land of plenty. And we know that the, so it has fantastic possibilities. But we better be careful or we'll make the same blunder as these forefathers of our made in years that gone by. Because, uh, you see, they all agreed that uh, the promised land was a fantastic land and had great opportunity and great possibilities, but they said there are giants out there. And these giants are frightening because they are so big. And on top of that, they live in wall city. They live in fortresses that are tall and thick. And as we approach them, as one said, we seem to be as grasshoppers in their sight. Well, we can come to the new year with that attitude and we will make the same sad, tragic mistake and blunder that those people who have lived before us have made. Or we can go forth with courage and we can live and live and we can live. Or we can hesitate and we can go forth and before the year's out we'll die a thousand times before we even die one time. The one thing that stops us from being truly the living, dynamic, creative person that Peter is talking about here is not what some people think. You know, some people think, well, if I just had the ability as some other people have the capability, well, then I would be able to make the most of this promised land or, or this new year. But that's not the problem. That's not the problem. Or some would say, well, if I had more money, I, I would be able to make the most of the opportunities. But it's not a lack of money that's going to keep you from being what you need to be this coming year. And so we can add to this a whole list of things that sound good. But when we really look at them, we know that they're only excuses for us not being what we ought to be in the kingdom of God. Yes, at this moment, there's not a one of us here this morning that's reached any age at all or any maturity. 
But why cannot, in a way, speculate about this coming year and know that there are wall cities out there and that there are giants out there? And it's going to take some courage on our part to enter into this promised land. Or we can let these ghostly shadows keep us from being what we ought to be in the kingdom of God. You know, I'm often struck by this thought as I visit within the homes from time to time. And it seems to be almost without exception. The smaller the little animal is in the house, this little dog, the smaller he is, the more vicious he is, you know. He's, a, you know, these little pocket-sized ones. And I was in a home not too long ago, and they had to put this little critter in another room and lock the door because he thought the preacher was there to rob and to steal, I think, and he was going to protect the home. But he was a mean-looking little rascal, you know, and growling, you know, and baring his teeth. He thought he could handle the situation, you see. And I thought, now, wouldn't it be wonderful if I had that much courage and that much determination? Wouldn't it be wonderful that if we could look at this new year and the same attitude that that little animal looked at his family and, and his household and wanted to protect it against all intruders, that we, with this kind of courage, will lay hold to this new year and force it to do, to yield to our hand. Isn't it interesting to note that God gave to his people a promised land, but they didn't take the promised land with indifference or timidity, or being afraid. It was not until they got to the place where they gave up this backward thinking and put their mind and their heart in the right place. And it was at this moment in time that they entered into the promised land and took it. And we're not left to guess about it that it didn't happen completely and totally on their own energy. But they had to exert a knowledge and an influence. They had to put forth an effort. They did have something to do with the walls of Jericho coming down. But it's not left completely and totally to them. And I want to tell you something, dear friends, this New Year's not going to be left completely and totally to you. But if you will do what you need to do within your own heart and soul and mind, I will tell you that whatever wall city that you see out there that scares you today or whatever giants out there, don't you be afraid. Don't you be afraid. You move toward it with determination, knowing full well that there is one that is going to proceed with you that is the master of all. You know, I like the story of old Caleb. He's the one who made it to the promised land the first time, 40 years before, you know, went into the country and saw his great, saw the giants there, saw the walled cities. And while he was over there, you know, two of the 12 brought back a good report. The other rest of them said, we can't do it. We just can't do it. And I think while old Caleb was over in the promised land, looking around, he saw this big wall city over where the giants lived. And you know what he said to Joshua when time came for them to take the promised land to enter into it? He says, all of these years I have kept my shield shined. I have kept my spear and sword sharp. And I want you to give to me that part of the land that is filled with giants. Now, how do you like that? Folk, this is the attitude. This is exactly what Peter is talking about here in the New Testament some 4,000 years later. It's not blind courage that we're talking about. We're talking about something that is born of a deep faith that is within the hearts and souls 
love each one of us that we know through the Lord Jesus Christ that we're more than able to conquer whatever it is out there that might stand in our way. But you know, if we're a little bit shaky, we need to do what Cortez did when he came to the southern part of this continent of ours, Mexico. You remember that historic thing that he did when he sailed in from the way of Cuba and landed here among the Aztec Indians? That when he got out of his ships and all of his soldiers out, you remember what he did? He had his soldiers to fire the ships. There's no turning back. I'm thinking of a preacher right now, a young man. He's grown older now because this is some years ago. He had such fantastic possibilities because he had such a keen mind. And the use of the English language, I have never met a person that was any more capable of putting words together like this young man. And he was a Methodist preacher. And he was so wise that he had a second degree. And he says, well, I think I'll go ahead and get my doctorate in teaching. I said, if you do, I'm afraid that you won't preach anymore. He says, I don't think that'll be it at all. He says, I'm going to go ahead. And, and he did. But it's interesting to note that he's not preaching today. No, he's done something wonderful and fine. I'm just using this as an illustration. There are some things that we need to do within our heart and our soul. That when we lock on to God and we know the land is filled with giants and walled cities and if we're a little bit hesitant maybe the thing that we need to do is to burn our ships or our bridges so that there can be no retreat. There is only one way and that is precisely and directly with the Lord Jesus Christ and his calling. There's no second way to do it. It's this way nor die. And it's interesting to note that these people who make this conversation, they only die once. Those of us who are fearful, uh, we die a thousand times before we, we die once. Courage. Oh, I think this year, if it could speak to us, would say, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the living God, bring to me something that I can work with. And one of the things that I can work with as to get out of these shadows. Don't let be frightened by these things. Take your stand and stand. Whatever is out here will yield to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then fill your heart with hope. Hope. How many of you are expecting this year to be different than last year? And one has already said to me, yes, I do. Am I expecting to be worse than last year? <laughs> you know, I'm expecting to be worse. What do you expect of this year? What do you expect? Wouldn't it be wonderful that if we bring something of the attitude of our children that they had for Christmas? You who have little ones, and you have had this experience where they would see what Santa Claus has done. And in the midst of all of this unwrapping and, and tearing into what has been left for them, that they get so excited that they actually tremble from excitement. They just shake, not because they're cold, but because they know something is taking place that is wonderful and they enter into the spirit of it in such a beautiful way. Wouldn't it be wonderful if you and I at this moment in time as we stand thinking about what God has done and thinking about something of the awesome possibilities that are there tomorrow and tomorrow's tomorrow in this new year, that we stand at this place on the holy ground and in a sense, these hearts of ours sort of shiver from the awesomeness 
of the possibilities that we see that are there. Not only for our own heart and soul and for our own life, but for our church and for those that we hold dear to our heart and our soul. Hope of what is yet to be. You know, Peter is right here. This business of living is something that we add to. We add to it as we go along. And you add this and you add that other wonderful thing until at last we come to the place where we have such a quality, such a quality life. But we need to go one step beyond hope. And that is we've got to put into action what has been given to us. I was told some time ago, the old home place that used to be in the family has changed hands several times. But they discovered within the deed books that years and years ago that my great-great-grandfather left a part of the farm, gave a part of the farm, to the county board of education for a school. And they built the typical one-room country school on that acre piece of property. But uh, stipulated within this agreement that he had with the county board of education was that when this piece of property and school is not used anymore for education, that it will return to the original plot of ground or to the owners. And I found out that I own, along with about 40 jillion others, <laughs> being an heir to that, I've aired part of that. And so I thought, well, it'd be nice to have something like that, you know, it's just to keep in the family. But a lawyer informed me, says, well, yes, it's yours. But for you to be able to secure this and get it to end back into the name of the family again, you will have to take court action. What God has left to us, the promised land this year, it's not going to yield to us unless we take some action. Given out the goodness and the wisdom and the love of a heavenly father. But if we're going to make the most of the opportunities that God has given to us, we're going to have to do more than just stand in the shadows or just wait. We will have to become active and become energetic and seize what God has given to us and what he has prepared for us as he gives it to us through the Lord Jesus Christ. Hope and know what you want. You know, when you ask your children here, especially the older ones and the younger ones too, ones I heard back here are little bitty ones, you know, just some of them just walk right up to Sonny Claus and crawl up on his lap. Says, what do you want? One, two, three, four, he didn't hesitate. The little one didn't say, well, just anything. <laughs> the kid told you that, you'd think, well, this kid's sick, you know, I better have him looked at her. Just anything. We don't do that. Why did we do that with God? Why don't we get fixed within our heart and our mind and our soul? He says, seek, knock, and ask. Some kind of commitment that we make and that we look, that we're sure of. This is what I want to happen this coming year. This is within the framework and in the realm of things that I would like to see to come to pass in my own heart and soul in life this coming year. And when we give our kids gifts, and they're sure what they want, and we give them that which they didn't like too well or didn't fit well they exchanged it yesterday <laughs> you know we take it back sure of what they want oh I think the thing that stands between us sometimes and the great glory that God has for us 
is because we just go out there with such an indifferent attitude and just taking anything and so as a result of it the Lord is faithful and so he just gives us just about what we expect to nothing but you see the Lord doesn't work that way you see the Lord wants us to expect something from him this is one of the mysteries of life you see the Lord Jesus Christ and God the Father wants you to expect something of him it's demonstrated again and again both in the Old Testament and some of the New that he expects us to know to refine the steel and to look to him to know what we want and then to proceed to work with him to get that which we have sought within our own heart and our soul. What do you make of this when he tells us to seek and to knock? Go into action to know what you want. Now there's one other thing that I want to mention before we go home this morning. And all of what I've said is predicated on one thing. And you see Peter says it. He starts out with it and he comes back again and he talks about goodness. And the last thing he says, you add to this brotherly love. Looks like that would be enough. He says, you add to this love. Folk, I want to tell you something. That you can have these, all these other things right. But if your heart is not prepared the way that it should be, how can the Lord work with you? As we stand at this moment in time, at the close of an old year, and think about the awesome possibilities of New Year. The one thing that you need to do more than anything else is to clear your heart and your soul of all of the leftover residue of last year. And especially if there is any hurt there. And especially if you come to a place where you hold aught against anyone. Why then you must clear your heart and your soul in order to make the most of the opportunity that God has given to you uh, this coming year. And Peter is so sure of it. You see he is saying that it's an impossibility to fail. He says, you do these things and it's an impossibility to fail. That's almost precisely what the God told Joshua of long ago, 4,000 years before Peter. And 2,000 years after Peter, we read this message. And it's one and the same. God told Joshua to do precisely the same thing. Peter tells us that if you really want to be able to make the most of the opportunities that God has given to you, that you fill your heart with what? Hate? Hurt? Or you fill it with love? He said you fill your heart with love and whatever it is out there that you need to do, you need to be that it will yield to you. So much so not only in this world, uh, but you will enter eternal life. Now that's how sure he is. And I don't suppose, dear friends, that I could add one whit to what he has said. And I have found within my own heart and my own soul too to be such an awesome thing that I can be a match for anything and everything that comes to me if I will do basically one thing, and that is to free my heart and align it with the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no wall city. There's no giants out there that's going to stop you. If you find a giant out there, it's going to fall to your sword. And if there's a wall city out there that needs the walls need to be breached, that you will find before you get there, the walls have come tumbling down, and you will be more than a master of the situation. Oh, our Father, help us to believe what we hear and to believe what we read and trust these hearts of ours to thee this coming year. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Thanks for listening. Hope you were blessed. We pray the Holy Spirit will make you a doer of His words, finishing the work He started in making you more like Christ for the transformation of this world and preparation for heaven.